think they're going to put up a little picture there. Hopefully it comes up. Can't make that bigger, can you? This was good, like uh, this happened last time we were in church. You, you, can't, you can't quite see it the way it is in my camera. But uh, last time I was here, Liesl had just done communion. And she, uh, she did a wonderful job there. And uh, I came up and Lynn was standing here. And I was just getting ready for my message on the Our Father. And uh, it was really strange. It's never happened before. Like if I open my Bible now, there's no rainbow. But that morning, I got up here and the Holy Spirit highlighted the very verse that, that uh, I preached on, which was the Our Father. And there's something on that, like that song that we sung this morning was written after that, uh, that, morning, that message. And I believe what God wants to come back to something that's very important, which is the Our Father. And I'll get you to open uh, at Luke chapter 11 and we'll have a look at it. But one of the keys to understanding and unfolding the kingdom is this prayer given by Jesus to himself, to his disciples in, uh, in Luke chapter 11. It seems that at the moment, many organisations and government institutions are seem to be participating in a coordinated move to remove the Lord's Prayer. It's happening all through the councils and different government areas. But this is such an important prayer. I don't know why they're removing it because it is a unifying prayer. And this prayer gives keys to life. If we can use those keys, we can really open up some incredible doorways. It's like in every line of this prayer, there's so much revelation about the kingdom of God and it's being made accessible to us. Last time I was here, I spoke about the first two lines of this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I must be onto it because I saw a little film clip come up and it was about how there's a show called Double Jeopardy, I think. And it's an American show, but it had four people on a panel and you've got to fill in the line. So it had, Our Father, something or other, be thy name. And you had to pick the word. And the poor guys couldn't find hallowed. You know, we were raised with this. It, it's, it's just part of life. It's the most recited prayer in history, I'm sure, is the Our Father. But it's sort of been taken out of society. You know, going back years ago, uh, we, we had a prayer effort in our church surrounding the Our Father. And, you know, at the time, I thought it was a bit rigorous and maybe a bit repetitive. Uh, but if I look back over all the things and disciplines that, that I've tried to apply over my time as being a Christian and, and certainly as a pastor, this time affected me so much. Yvonne would have been there. She would have been in, uh, totally influenced by that as well. Uh, and there was some teaching around this, you know, that if you give one hour to God per day in prayer, that something supernatural will happen in your life. And a verse was used and it sort of ties in with the message, but it's when Jesus was in Gethsemane and he had the cross before him. And he was challenging his disciples to be with him, to watch with him and to pray with him. And the poor guys went to sleep on him. I mean, here you are, you're facing your cross, the cross, the most painful way to die on earth and your disciples are not off to sleep. It's sort of when you're looking for, you know, somebody to really be there with you and, uh, you know, they failed the test. And Jesus says to them in Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, He says, What could you not watch with me just one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that is Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. I, I don't, uh, not saying that you have to pray an hour a day, 
But I believe that we have 24 hours in a day and we need to give much, much more time to prayer, particularly in this time. And Jesus puts out the challenge to His disciples and He said, could you not watch? Some versions say pray with me for one hour. And, uh, you know, we went round a whole lot of teaching around the Our Father as being the model prayer. And, you know, although we're more than 30 years down the track, you know, I believe that revelation is being upgraded. God's continually giving us more. He's not adding to truth. He's helping us to understand the truth better. Uh, but the Our Father is such a positive, powerful, powerful thing. And a lot of the songs that have been written now have been written about the name of God, about the Our Father. And I believe, you know, while society is devaluing the Lord's Prayer and devaluing Christianity and devaluing the person of Christ, God is bringing the focus point right back to this prayer. This prayer is not the only way to pray, but have you ever wondered, how should I pray? Who wants to pray more? That didn't inspire me. Who wants to pray more? <laughs> Good. You know, in the Bible, it says uh, that the, the prayer of the righteous, uh, uh, the, the effective prayer of the righteous man or woman avails much. So, you know, what we need to learn to do, I, I believe that everybody prays. Everybody prays at some time, you know. Uh, uh, don't often know who they're even praying to. I'm not talking about you, but people out there in the world, they pray. Even, even some atheists, when they're under stress, admit, hey, I prayed. So, so it's sort of like prayer is as natural as anything. But what we want to do is we want to now push in and we want to be effective with our time, good stewards of our time, and we want to learn to pray effectively. And this is a model prayer. I was raised in church and we prayed this and I knew it well. But, you know, over the years, uh, sort of pushed it aside and prayed in other ways. But I found the last couple of weeks have been really good because I've been going through the prayer every day. Would you like to stand with me this morning because we're going to pray this prayer together? Can you read that up there? There's quite a few different little versions, translations. I've been using the, the one with art, the good old Catholic uh, Our Father, because I was raised there. But boy, it's a good prayer. But are you ready? Let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then we have at the end of it, for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours forever and ever, amen. Now let's say it again so that we're getting a bit enthusiastic about this. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours forever and ever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. You got through that part all right. Now let me tell you, actually I'll, I'll just, uh, I won't just tell you that yet. I want to come to the next part. Last time I spoke about our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We talked about our Father, God being our Father and Abba Father. We talked about hallowed by your name. We talked about the names of God, the Old Testament names. And then we come to this part, which just absolutely, I love praying it. I love praying these words. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you feel uh, something in that? Now, I believe that if you can pick up the spirit of this this morning, that your life can change. And we need to change some things. And when we begin to stand as the church, as the sons and daughters of God, and we begin to collectively say, your kingdom come, on the earth as it is in heaven, 
things will begin to happen. And the reason church can be so mundane and powerless is because we have not really delved into this realm enough. And we settle for going to church and we go through the recital of the prayer. But with every line of this prayer, it opens up in massive doorways. So every line of the Our Father, it's a guide. It's not a prayer just to be recited, although just reciting it alone is really quite amazing. But when you go further into it, every line is powerful. But this line is especially because what we're doing as we pray is we are declaring the Kingdom. And I believe a couple of weeks ago, we just stumbled on this accidentally almost. Because after church, it was after um, communion one morning, Kevin came up to me. Kevin uh, and Rhonda had gone off on holidays. God bless them up into the warmer weather. But he came up and he said, I believe God's uh, wanting us to fast and God's going to give you the words. And straight away, it was like God quickened this on the inside of me that the words that we are to think about and meditate on for the next few weeks is the Our Father. So every line is especially powerful, but this one especially because we're declaring the kingdom. And as we're singing that song this morning, you know, something is being declared that's changing things in our lives. As we pray, we are bringing our lives. As we begin to pray the Our Father, We are bringing our life into alignment with His. And you know, most of humanity's problem is we're just not in alignment. You know, the last time you really were under stress, I'll guarantee that a lot of it had to do, one, with what was happening, and two, us getting out of alignment with Him. And this is why this prayer, we need to remember this prayer every day and begin to consider this every day because this is so important. As we pray, particularly these words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are bringing our lives into absolute alignment with Him and what He wants. Many challenges happen at some stage because we got out of sync with Him. And I think now, so much stress in society, so many challenges, you know, well. But do you know what's happened? We've moved the Our Father out. You know, we've moved church, we've deprioritised church. We don't understand the Kingdom and we're wondering why things aren't just going the way they should. Now, here's a couple of things as we talk about the Lord's Prayer. Firstly, this line says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first thing we've got to do is discern the kingdom. We've got to discern the kingdom. Say that after me, we need to discern the kingdom. You know, I remember this is important because years ago, when uh, I first became a Christian, my pastor up in Albury, did a whole session, a whole year on the Kingdom of God. That was the theme. And at the end of it, I was thinking, what the heck was he talking about? (laughs) And I hope this morning as I, you know, unpack this a bit that you can get what I'm talking about because I want you to understand the Kingdom. And I want to understand the Kingdom better and we've got to discern the Kingdom. Now, this is really simple but helpful, I believe. There are three kingdoms that we need to know about. There are three kingdoms that we need to know about and every kingdom on the earth falls into one of these three. Okay, the first one, the first kingdom is the kingdoms of this world. The kingdoms of this world. So in the world, there are kingdoms. You know, Australia is really subject to a kingdom. You know, uh, and uh, there are republics and, you know, all sorts of forms of of government. We live in a democracy, actually. And these, all these forms of government, and these all are part of the kingdoms of this world. Okay? 
And you know, when God sent Jesus, He wanted us to interact with the kingdoms of this world. So the first one is the kingdoms of this world. There are good things about it and there are not so good things about it. In fact, the kingdoms of this world are sometimes in the Bible called the kingdom of darkness. And that is why people can have darkness in their lives. That's why people out there in the world are feeling lost and confused and, you know, don't know their way. The kingdom of darkness. The second kingdom is the kingdom of self. And we've got to discern that kingdom. One of the uh, great spiritual fathers in Australia, Kevin Connor, wrote a book called The Kingdom Cult of Self. And you know, it's about how in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. You know, it talks about that in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, about the last days. And you know, a lot of attention is given to self-development. You know, it's all the self is excessive, you know, and this is the second kingdom. And the second kingdom will interact with the first one, the kingdom of this world. And people are lost in themselves. You know, this is the world. And then the third kingdom, and this is the kingdom that we need to understand is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And we are here as sons and daughters of the kingdom. And we are here to live out the kingdom and to demonstrate the kingdom and promote the kingdom and propagate the kingdom. But there is often a clash of cultures and a clash of kingdoms. And sometimes that clash can happen on the inside of me. This morning, I want to give you the simplest definition of the kingdom of God in the Bible, I believe. It's Romans 14, 17. And uh, here Paul says that the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Now, if we come back to this, that God wants us to bring the kingdom. He wants us to represent Him as messengers of the kingdom, that the kingdom is number one, righteousness, peace and joy. In other words, wherever the kingdom goes, wherever the kingdom spreads, wherever it expands, there is righteousness, there is peace and there is joy. So if there's conflict, In our family, we've got to come back to the problem. And the problem is that there is a clash of kingdoms. The kingdom of self is rising. And you know, we need to discern this kingdom now too, because in this era, this is the era of self. But this is also the era, I believe, where the kingdom of God is being ushered in. Through sons and daughters of God, through those that have the kingdom of God on the inside of them. So it's righteousness, it's peace and it's joy. So in my home, the kingdom of God must be there. It's like a mini representation of the kingdom of God. And if righteousness there is we both are in right standing with God because we are sons and daughters of the kingdom and we apply the laws and the principles of the kingdom in our relationship. And the result is peace and joy. So, you know, if there's no peace and joy in our marriage, we've got to come back because we've fallen out of righteousness and righteousness needs to be re-established and rebuilt into our marriage or our personal life. So the Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. And it's demonstrated in us from the day we receive Jesus. The kingdom of God is demonstrated in us from the minute we receive Jesus. Transformation occurs when we receive Jesus. You know, there must be a change in us. Our language must change. Some of the language I used to use just was not appropriate for Sunday preaching. But I found that when the kingdom came onto the inside of me, the kingdom of self had to become subdued. 
And that's a matter of personal discipline. Some of these things just don't go away easily. But there must be a change in us personally, then transformation can happen out there. This connects back to our theme for the year, which is transformation. When transformation happens on the inside, when the kingdom of God comes on the inside of me, when transformation happens in me, it can happen in my marriage, in my family, in my world, around, about. You know, for things to change in the world, guess what? It starts with me. It starts with me. You know, I've got to allow God to change me. The more we discern the kingdom, the more we understand the kingdom, the more we can see it. And the more it can become a reality in and through us. You know, we need to give a lot of attention to discerning what is the kingdom. We need to give a lot of thought to this because we don't naturally think about it. And Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things are gonna be added to you. In other words, the first thing that we need to focus on every day is number one, the king, and two, his kingdom. And we need to discern the kingdom because we can get so lost in making a living in educating our kids, paying the mortgage, that what we are doing is we're actually serving the wrong kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his, these things will be added to you. It's brilliant. So the more we understand the kingdom, the more we see it, the more it can become a reality in us. Do you know what? A person who is genuinely transformed by the gospel is a representative, an ambassador of the kingdom. A marriage that really has Christ at the centre of it, where the kingdom is put first, is a, a powerful representation. It's like a mini church in the street. The church where Jesus really is the king will stand out in the community. And that's not always easy because there is often a clash of kingdoms. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in you. Where is the kingdom this morning? Number one, let me ask you this again. What is the kingdom? It is righteousness, peace and joy. Now, when you look into that word righteousness, we could do another series on that word alone. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. It's doing things God's way under Jesus and peace and joy is the result. So peace and joy in my home is the testimony that the kingdom of God is there. And when there is chaos in my home, we have allowed another kingdom in. Number two, the kingdom of God is within me. The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is in you. Where is the kingdom of God? In you. It's an internal kingdom. It's from the inside out. It's not visible on the earth. It's in you. And you know, you are an ambassador for the kingdom if the kingdom is in you. But if we are not properly aligned, people out there won't even know which kingdom we serve. And we're all on this journey of becoming representatives of the kingdom, true representatives. Listen to this. The kingdom of God, it is His government rule and authority, He is in charge, He is setting the agenda. When we pray, Thy kingdom come, we are praying, God, we are bringing ourselves under, under Your government, Your rule and authority. Man, this is the key to peace and joy. This is the key to kingdom advancement. This is the key 
to the church breaking through and becoming everything that it is called to be on the earth. You know, one of the things that we had down at the prophetic night at uh, Moi the other on Friday night was really good. And Shelley spoke about the mixture that has crept into the church. And more and more, we've got to discern the kingdom, understand the kingdom, see the kingdom and represent the kingdom. The kingdom of God, it is His government, rule and authority. You want to say that after me? The kingdom of God is His government, rule and authority. That is what the kingdom of God is. Now, out there in the world, it seems that during this time there is a railing against the kingdom of God. There's an opposition and and that opposition is rising. And goodness knows where that's going to go. That's why you need to read your Bible a lot. But I want you to know this, that regardless of what's happening out there, He is in charge and He is setting the agenda. Listen to this. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's one of those fabulous prophecies about Jesus that was written about six or 700 years before he was born. But this is the part that I love. And this is the part that you need to know. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Say it after me. Of the increase of his government. Come on. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's going to get bigger. It's going to expand. There will be struggles. There will be fights. There will be clashes of kingdoms. There will be misunderstandings. There will be persecution. There will be our fathers removed. But long after the governments who removed the our father are gone and forgotten, the Kingdom of God will be wow. Huge, because the Kingdom of God is expanding, developing. It's being talked about like this in churches all over the nations and it's unstoppable. The Kingdom of God is unstoppable. They can do what they want. They crucified Jesus. They said, let's get rid of Him. They forbade the disciples to even talk about the message. Don't say a word. Don't talk about this man. They go, well, we can't but help talk about what we've seen or heard. Do you know the more the Kingdom of God comes, the more we discern the Kingdom, the more we pursue the Kingdom, the more we understand that there are actually three Kingdoms, the clearer it's going to get. God's going to make it clear. God wants to make it clear. You seek first the Kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Don't be fussed about making a million. Don't be fussed about, you know, whether you're promoted or not. All those things are gonna be added to you, but they won't be added to you if you are not pursuing the Kingdom first. Of the increase of His government and peace, there'll be no end. But you know, when when kingdoms expand, there's conflict because there is a clash of kingdoms. And I want us to understand the clash of kingdoms that we have on the inside because sometimes we find ourselves arguing with God because we don't discern what's happening on the inside. So your kingdom come is powerful and dynamic 
because we are lining up with His purposes right there. You should pray this every day. If your husband has given you a hard time, this is how you deal with it. Your kingdom come, your will be done in His life, in Jesus' Name. This is how you win an argument. Don't just not cook his meal and not talk to him for a week. No, you get in the, in the place of prayer and you go, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in Stefan's life, in Jesus' Name. That's how you do it. I should be talking about Corey. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in Corey's life, in Jesus' Name. You know, we don't get into witchcraft prayers where you go, God, get him. God, belt him up. God, hurt him. There, God, take him out. Like they're witchcraft prayers. But we are sons and daughters of the Kingdom where we go, God, bless him. But Father, we pray your Kingdom come. Amen. This is how you handle it, guys. This is how men should pray. Thy Kingdom come in my life. In Jesus' Name. Do you know what? You've got no right to pray your kingdom come in your, wife's, uh, in, in your wife's life or your children's life or the life out there unless it's established here. You've got to win the battle here. Thy kingdom come in my life every day. So this is why we should come back to praying this prayer so regularly, not by route, but dealing with this because this is wonderful. Your kingdom come, your rule authority, your government in my life, it, it starts with me. I am the key to this. Well, He is, but my response to Him is the key. Hey, let's, let's set this thing right. You know, if we pray this way, we can fix any problem. We can deal with any problem. We can see the atmosphere change because that song this morning, there's something on it. Hey, it came out of the last message that we spoke about this because God wants to expand His Kingdom. That's why you're here. We are literally ambassadors for Christ. But if we are not correctly aligned on the inside, we are not accurate representatives. And listen to, listen to me, I failed there. We all have. But this is timely this morning because God wants us to come right back here. Do you know what? Married people should pray this every day. God, let your kingdom come in my family. Wherever men say that from the bottom of the heart every day, let your kingdom come in my family. Let your government, your rule, your authority be established in my family. Oh man, that removes the tension because then I haven't got to fix everything because I am partnering with God. And as a representative of, the God, of God, I am decreeing and declaring what already is. It's so powerful. Do you know what? The Kingdom of God is in me and it is in you and I need to honour that. And as we pray together and we make declarations like this, you know, uh, our guys go out there to the mountains on Monday night and pray over the, the city and the region. Do this. This is a prayer instruction. Heavenly Father, we pray Your Kingdom come in our own lives, in our families, in the church, in the church. You know, it was just wonderful as I prayed for, went and saw Auntie Mari just before she passed. I'll just share this with you. It's sort of like she's waiting for me there. And I, can't, I just come and said, hey, it's Brian. And she opened her eyes and most beautiful eyes. And, uh, uh, and this really beautiful smile. And, and she prayed for me and Lynn and this church. And she prayed the Our Father. We prayed it together. Amazing. Wherever you are, you're a representative. But we've got to pray like this, guys. Do you know what? You need to pray for me. You do. Pray this, you know. 
If, if, uh, if it's not sort of working out the way you think it should, you've got to pray. God, pray, pray for our pastors and our leaders and, and, the, and the church and the, all the leaders in the city. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in their lives. Protect them from deception and inaccuracies. God, open up revelation over their life. Pray like that. This is how we call to pray. We should pray, thy kingdom come in the schools. You know, we can go, oh, it's dreadful. What's happening? Or we can pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in the schools as it is in heaven. This is how we do it. I actually want to practice this in a minute when I get to the end of this point because we are the agents of change. We are the ambassadors for Christ on the earth. And you know, when we make a declaration, we are releasing, it's like the decrees of heaven into the atmosphere. We are the ones that by the words of our mouth, which are His words, bring change in the environment. We need to pray, Thy kingdom come in the businesses in the, in, the, in the emergency services, in the government, we need to pray, oh my God, thy kingdom come in the governments of the nation. God, let the government of the nation be affected by the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy. Man, you don't see too much peace and joy in the political realm. It's chaos because there's not righteousness there. Righteousness is not established. Many are running the opposite way away from God. Thy kingdom come in the government. So you can sort of go two ways with this. Throw them out in Jesus' Name. That can be, sorry, a, well, an inaccurate prayer. I've done it, didn't work. Thy kingdom come in the Premier's life. Thy kingdom come in the Mayor's life. Thy kingdom come is how we need to pray. Thy will be done. The thy one works for me, whatever your you know, version is, doesn't matter. But this is powerful. I love this. Because when I say, when I pray like this, there's a ripple thing going out there that goes for years and years. Never stops, in fact. Thy kingdom come. It's how we pray on the top of the mountain, over the region, over the cities of Gippsland. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And do you know how you know God is answering your prayer? There's righteousness begins to come into realms of leadership and there is peace and joy. So God wants to bring us right back to this. We should pray faithfully regardless of what we see. The more His kingdom increases, the more the kingdom of self and the kingdom of darkness will become subdued. Let's just talk about your will be done. Don't worry, I won't be long. Anyway, it's his will be done, not yours. <laughs> your will be done. This is the most powerful prayer, guys. This is it. This is where our life changes. This is it. Your will be done. Do you know where the battle is? In your will. Do you know where the struggle is? It's in the I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to follow who I want. I'm going to go where I want. I'll go to bed when I want. I'll eat what I want. <laughs> the wrong kingdom expands. <laughs> Your will be done. Jesus, your will be done. 
in my life, in my life and around about me. This is powerful. This is it. This is real Christianity. This is in the centre of the prayer. It's either His will or your will. And when we pray, your will be done. Do you know what we are doing? We are binding our life to the will of God. The biggest challenge with people, they don't know what the will of God is. Linda myself, day one when we got married, God help us to fulfil the will of God in our life. That was the prayer that we prayed every day. Oh man, did that get us in trouble. When we pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done, we are internally resetting our life. Day by day, we are binding our life to the purposes of Christ, to the life of Christ. You know, the problem with so many is that they're sort of unhinged, disconnected, wandering, trying to find it, looking for something. And this is humanity. But when you come back and you begin to anchor your life to His will, do you know what? Life's not perfect, hey, for any of us. But can I tell you, I feel like I'm right in the centre of His will. I feel I'm anchored there. I feel I'm locked there. And this is the most amazing place to be. Do you know what you need to do? Seek first His kingdom. What should we do? Seek first His kingdom and then find the will of God for you. Find it. Normally comes out of places like this. Find the will of God for you and bind yourself to it. Because when you become one with the will of God, I'll tell you what happens. You can stand in the place of Authority in prayer and you can say, Jesus, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and it will come to pass. 1 John 5, 14, it says, now this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to His will, we will have whatever we ask. 1 John 5, 14, you look it up. Do you know why there's so much unanswered prayer? It's like the will of God is here and we are over here. But when we pray in the morning, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. We are realigning. We're realigning. But this is how you pray it. You go, in my life. God, I set your will as my priority. I set your will as my priority. I will go where you want me to go. I will follow you wherever you lead me. I will do what you ask me to do, even if I don't like it. Jesus, you know, I, I started with the prayer in Matthew chapter 26 and he says, he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he says, couldn't you watch with me one hour? You know, I really believe this is a time where we've all got to be on watch, prayerful watch. Because like you'll go out in the morning and you go, gee, which chapter of the book of Revelation are we are in today? This is what's happening. Watch prayerfully. But you know, this was where Jesus was preparing to go to the cross. And the struggle between the kingdom of God, the three kingdoms, the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of this self and the kingdom of God was at work with Him. And He says, if this cup can pass from me, but nevertheless, your will be done. Your will. Get into the will of God and get happy about it because that's the only place that you are going to have righteousness, peace and joy. You've got to become God's person. You've got to be in God's place.
connected with God's people the way that God wants you to be connected with them. And you will find that the will of God for your life will unfold. You'll become a 1 John 5, 14 Christian. You will pray and things will happen quickly. I do remember this, that in the old days I used to pray certain things and it was 20 years until I got answered. With this building, 33 years. But do you know what? When you begin to come into the place of God's will for you, it's like you were in a slipstream. You've seen those guys on the push bikes that ride close up, they get in the slipstream or whatever you call it. And that's what it's like when you find the will of God. You, you won't be tired anymore. You won't be struggling. You, you won't be frustrating because you've found the will of God. The more given to His will, the more fruitfulness and the more I will see things happen in me and through me. I believe the key to success is knowing what He wants you to succeed at and doing exactly that. When his will is set on the inside of me, I am able to now, as a representative of the kingdom, execute his will on the earth. His will. Do you know what? God's got a will for the city. The New Testament is his will. And we, the church, are called to execute his will in the city and in the region. This is where we need to more and more pick up his heart. And the next message I'm going to do around this, the next line of this message, you've got to be here for that. Because this is where we find out how to connect with his will. I pray this morning, do you want to stand with me and we're going to pray together? We're going to pray together. I thank God for all of you that you're here. Because God wants us to make it partners in bringing the kingdom to the city and the region but first it's going to happen in us so heavenly father we thank you why don't we just pray that prayer again together our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Say it every day. And when you go out, we're just going to practice it. Father, we just pray now, let your will be done in my life. Hey, everyone else is not the problem. <laughs> let your will be done in my life. Come and say it with me. Let your will be done in my life. This is how you pray. You've got to pray this. Let your will be done in my life. Lord, Lord, let your will, your kingdom come and your will be done in my marriage and family. This is how you solve problems. And then you wait for God to align you. Father, we just pray, let your kingdom come. And let your will be done in my family. My family. God, do it. It's like, whew. God, sorting things out as you pray. Let your will be done in my children. This is how you sort out the kids. Far better way than the old way. <laughs> Father, let your kingdom come in the schools. Get out in the mountain, on the mountaintop and start declaring this over the schools. Righteousness, peace and joy. Bring it back to the schools. Father, we thank you. God, in this church, we pray that this church would not be one inch off what it's meant to be. Father, I pray that you'd cause our leaders to be accurate. Father, let the kingdom of God come in their life. Your rule, your government, your authority. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I just thank God that He's here and we're on the winning side because I tell you what, doesn't matter what happens in the world of the increase of His government, there will be no end. It's going to be big. And you're part of it. Amen, you're part of it. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that battles between the three kingdoms would come to an end on the inside. The struggle on the inside, let it come to an end. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, I thank you for everyone that's come. I pray your kingdom come. Your rule, your government, your authority. I pray that you would increase them. I pray that you would give them the increase in every area of your life, particularly in the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that those are going to go from here to the workplace and represent the kingdom there. Father, I pray you'd help them to do it with precision. In the name of Jesus.